Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hormone Helper Podcast. I'm Coach Andrew, your Hormone Helper from Fit for All Fitness. I personally coach over 1,600 men and women to help better understand their hormones so they can lose weight and get their metabolism back on track. With this podcast, you're going to hear from me and my special guests about everything from metabolism to thyroid to weight loss. And we even talk a little bit of sexy time as we chat to spread more knowledge thick like butter on your hormones. If you're ready to learn, I'm ready to share. So let's do this. Hello, podcast family. I hope the sun is shining and the weather is good for where you are today. Uh, For me outside, it's looking at a nice 10 degrees, which albeit I know it's not that hot, but it's also not that cold either for my run. So I'm going to take it where I can get it. Uh, I will share with you guys that me and Lauren are going to be going on our trip to Greece in I think it's like 10 days. So we're really excited for that. And uh, anytime I take a look outside and I see some sunlight, it reminds me of Greece. So wanted to share that little bit with you. Uh, but anyhow, in this episode, we are going to be talking about hunger and fullness. So we're going to go over different types of hunger. We're going to talk about what real hunger is, and then we're going to walk through how you can feel full every single day from the food that you eat, which is how you should feel full. Um, This podcast came in line with a um, conversation that I had with a recent client, and it was a conversation I had around eating late at night. So this particular client they had just started their journey with me as uh, as uh, a coach, and essentially she was really focusing on balancing her estrogen so she could drop the fat that she's gained uh, over the past two years through COVID and you know just day to day life. Um, I will start by saying that her daytime eating was completely fine. So she took all of the nutrition changes we made and all of the recommendations. And she's the type of person who was like that immediate implementation. And she makes the recommendations really quick, which I absolutely love that uh, as a coach, because that is someone to me who shows a high level of accountability for themselves. So when it comes to like listening, take a change and applying it immediately, like I think that is what is best for, for success. So Um, it's one of those things where actually, I guess kind of sidebar, it's a trait that most of our clients have, which what I think is kind of a natural trait. It's like the, tell me what I need to do and I'll do it trait, which I like, I think that's a good headspace and a good mentality. And it really comes from a place of being where you're just ready for, for change. So back on track. She eats well through the day. She's super diligent with her food, no issues, no cravings or any weird energy changes. So that's all through the day. But then at the end of the day, things change once the kids get home. And all of a sudden that's when all of the challenges start appearing in her hunger and her fullness cues. So just after dinner on the couch, she starts to get really hungry and she'd also feel the urge to eat after putting the kids to bed when she was finishing up some work. So she was talking to me like, Hey, it really doesn't make sense. And I get that because she had literally just finished eating dinner a couple hours ago. And she also had some snacks with the kids before sending them to bed too. So there were a lot of signals that were appearing for her around food. It wasn't an energy thing. 
or a lack of sleep thing as her recovery and her rest was really good to start off with. So at this point, this is where I started to go into with her, the hunger and fullness questions to ask her how this hunger was actually coming up and how it was presenting it to her, to herself. So you see from a, a hunger perspective, there are only really two ways that hunger tends to show itself. So number one, when you haven't eaten in a while or you're under eating. And number two, when you eat as a part of a habit that you have. So those are the only two ways that hunger manifests itself. So let's expand on this first one. So true hunger, it's a hunger that doesn't go away with water, with activity, with chewing gum or distraction. And it often appears with an energy low or cravings for sugar and salt. That's what true hunger is. So to make this easier, I want to make use an example. I want you to think about the amount of energy that you have every day when you're driving a car. So when you start up your car for the first time in the morning, whatever gas you have in that tank is whatever energy you have to start your drive and be able to function for the day. Now, if I skip breakfast, that means I forget to fill my car up in the morning. And if I miss lunch due to a meeting, again, I don't take that time to top up my fuel. Eventually, my car is going to run on reserve fuel and you're going to get a light that pops up on the dash that's telling you to fill up. That light, the one that everyone's like, oh, I'll, I'll risk it a little longer. I can make that extra 10K. That light is your real hunger cue. It's the signal that your body gives you as a warning that you barely have any energy left. And you know what we do as people? Typically with our cars, we let that signal carry on and on until guess what? We're starving and we can't go on anymore. So I want you to consider this. How much damage do you think you do to your car by just running on reserve gas almost every week? You do a lot of damage because typically the sediment, dirt and debris, it all sits along the bottom of your gas tank and then it makes its way into your engine and, and you end up running on fumes. So this to me is a really good example. Um, it's actually an example I learned when I was a, an automotive tech because gas and the energy that you're consuming through your food, it's processed the same way. We need that fuel frequently in order for us to be able to actually drive and be able to function through the day. So I always relate true hunger to that gas tank anomaly part of it. So that's my example. So if you end up doing damage to your car running on fumes, we end up doing damage to ourselves when we run on fumes too. What happens is, is we overuse our energy storage and that puts a lot of pressure on our thyroid to try and keep up with the amount of energy that we're using. Now, when this happens and you get that hunger signal, that is when your thyroid's going to hit you with a craving. So it's going to ask for something and that's what a craving is. So a craving for sugar when hungry, it indicates that you need solely energy in that moment as that is what raw sugar is. It's just energy that body, that your body doesn't have to work to break down to use, or it can hit you with a craving for salt or an ask for salt, which happens when you're hungry and stressed because salt is used as one of the raw building blocks for creating your stress hormones within the body. So this is how the first one, true hunger, this is how true hunger works. It's a delayed final warning signal that you are running out of energy or 
gas in the tank for you to function through the day. So when someone experiences true hunger, they are running on empty and they have been way longer than they should have been. So I cannot stress this enough, true hunger, it gets worse over time. And if left unchecked, it's going to affect your energy output and it's going to slow down your metabolism and your thyroid. So this is the type of thing that true hunger won't go away. You can't just distract yourself to getting a full tank of gas. You got to fill up the tank of gas. And this is also why doing drastic things like cutting calories and doing chronic dieting, it leaves you feeling tired and long-term makes people put on weight because the body is just trying to fill up your energy tank of gas by increasing your body fat after every single time you do get a meal. So that's that first aspect of it, true hunger. Now let's talk about the second type of hunger. And this one is completely different than actually being hungry. It's habitual hunger. So like the name suggests, uh, this hunger comes from mixing. It comes from mixing your signals around eating with the other signals that you do on the day to day. So in terms of what these signals are, the body uses a signal of work, a signal for rest, a signal for eat, and then a signal for stress, which is your, your fight and your flight mechanism. So when the body uses a signal, it creates a step-by-step -step process made from cues and habits to help reinforce when that signal happens. That way, the signal can be done quicker in the future. So you don't think about every step and process that you do in your life. These things are patterned together so the body can help you make automatic signals. So from a hunger perspective, an example can look like this. Uh, let's say uh, Sally comes home from work and she's super tired and she wants to rest. And when she rests on the couch, she puts on a movie and she eats some snacks every night at seven o'clock. So each time Sally does this, she reinforces and combines the two signals, the signal to rest because she's tired and the signal of eat because she wants to treat herself and just wind down from that stress. So both of those go together. So now every time Sally goes to rest on the couch, the body is going to go through the automatic pattern that she's developed over weeks or months with her winding down. The brain's going to say, hey, Sally, normally when we sit on the couch, we tend to eat. So uh, are we hungry? Boom, big question mark, and you're going to get that signal. So that's when you get that full-blown hunger signal that comes out of nowhere. This type of hunger is fully based on the habit and the pattern that were around what Sally just did. So her brain and body anticipated what she wanted, and then threw the signals the same way it's done in the past over these multiple weeks. So these signals of hunger, they're not just combined with the signals of rest, though. It can be combined with work. It can be combined with stress, too. So there's a lot of things that eat can be mixed in from a habitual perspective. So like, say, um, uh, say a person's eating at the same time that they're in the process of working on something or physically exerting energy. So they're at work. Maybe they've got a physical job for work or maybe they're just working on the computer. This is going to signal the mix. Uh, uh, this will mix the signal of work and eat. Or say a person is super stressed and they don't have the proper outlet to reduce that stress. So they eat to cope with that stress. And that's another way that these signals can be combined. 
any way that you have it, what we need to do from a habitual perspective for habitual hunger is separate each signal so the body can actually process whether or not it's actually real. That's the way you break away from habitual based hunger and you determine if you have real hunger. So those are the two different hungers. There's true hunger and you've got your habitual hunger. So now that we know habitual based hunger and what it is, how can we tell when it is happening to us at the moment? Because that's the biggest thing. I find it's easier for you to determine which one it is and then change that. So the best way to indicate habitual hunger is to first acknowledge when you actually feel the hunger cue throughout a few days of your routine. That's the best way. So now that we know the differences between the two, step-by-step process on the way I teach my clients to determine the hunger and then to separate it. So easy way to do this, three simple steps, I promise. Okay. If you want to write these down, write it down. Boom. And I'll use this through an example. So let's say you're feeling hungry at 3 p.m. today. Firstly, is 3 p.m. normally when you feel hungry? So this is where step one happens. Step one being look for when the hunger cue happens. If you don't know when your hunger cue comes up on average, then there really isn't anything you can track to determine if it's a regular hunger signal, which is true hunger, or if it's something that's out of the norm, which is a habit-based hunger. So you want to see when the hunger comes up and you want to keep track of it for at least a week. That way you have enough of a regular eating schedule for you to feel if it's a different type of hunger. So now once you have an idea of when the hunger timing comes up, you move to step two, which is what are you doing when that hunger cue comes up? So you ask yourself, what are you doing? Are you working when it happens? Are you sitting on the couch relaxing when it happens? So what we're looking for in this step is really an attachment to a situation or an emotion that causes the hunger to appear in this moment. So what this does is it's going to allow you to pinpoint the trigger of what makes that hunger appear because the trigger will be the same and that's why the hunger keeps coming up. So now that you know the trigger and you've determined that it's out of the norm, which was what step one is, the final step at this point is to change the signal in the moment. So how do we change the signal? We do something different. We drink a full glass of water. We go take a walk. We get up and maybe go run an errand. We separate and change up the process. So what happens is, is now that hunger is going to not attach itself to a habit sequence. And at that point, it's either going to A, disappear, or B, it's going to still continue to exist while doing the different thing. If it disappears, congratulations, what you've discovered is you have habitual-based hunger. If it still continues to exist, then you know that what you are experiencing is true hunger. So with three three steps, you can easily determine which type of hunger you have. And I want to make sure that you're always being conscious about your hunger because that allows you to be proactive about how you manage your food as well as how you manage your eating habits. And remember alongside this as well too, which I guess is a fourth step, is 
recognizing it's almost like a 2A and 2B, I should say. Um, 2B is like, are you experiencing some type of a craving? So like a craving for sugar or craving for salt, that is also going to tell you, you from a true hunger perspective, if you're asking for energy in the moment, which is what sugar is, or if you're asking for or trying to deal with stress in the moment, which is what salt or more carb-based stuff will be. So with that, you can help manage your food habits, your eating habits. You'll be able to understand your hunger and fullness cues. And you're not going to feel like your hunger and your cravings are random because they're actually not random. There's something that's going on behind it. Uh, anyhow, that is all that I have you for you today. I appreciate you listening and I want you to have a good rest of the day. We're going to have one more podcast episode and then I'm trying to debate whether or not I want to do an additional episode while in Greece. I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, so you might have a kind of a week gap in between, uh, or I could film it in advance, but I don't like doing that because I like being spontaneous with these things. So either way, it's all I've got for you for this episode. Thanks for listening. Take care. Well, it seems I'm all out of info juice for today. That's all for this episode. And thank you so much for listening. Please leave a raving review for me if you've learned something good and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, if you're in the mood for some more great content and tools to get your hormones on track, why not check out our free Facebook group and the blog on our site? We do amazing weekly trainings in our group that me and my wife call Tea and Teachings that give good tips for anything hormones and metabolism related. It's also a great community where you get to share your goals and success with like-minded people just like you. I'll make sure to drop both the Facebook group link and the blog link in the show notes for you. Or if you're ambitious like me, the name of the group is Weight Loss and Balanced Hormones. Uh, it'll say fit for all beside it with a picture of me. So come and join us and have more fun.